Good morning, Fairfax Church. It's so good to be with you. I, uh, it is an honor and a privilege for me to be here today. I've been looking forward to January 8th. Rod had texted me and said, hey, would you come? And within 10 seconds, I responded back and said, yes. I would love to be there, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to be with you here today. I was on staff here a number of years ago, it was years ago, that, that I was on staff here. I was only here for one year. I was an intern here, but it was an unforgettable year for me. I remember those, it was 30 years ago. I remember when I was here, that we used to go to a restaurant on Little River Turnpike called Carlos O'Kelly's, okay? Is it still there? No, it's okay, long gone, all right. But here, this was a Mexican restaurant with an Irish name, Carlos O'Kelly's. And uh, we would go there as a staff. There were only three of us on staff at the time. It was Rod and Steve Rennick, who was doing uh, student ministries and adult uh, ministries. And I was the intern. It was just the three of us. And once a week, we would go to Carlos O'Kelly's and we would have a staff meeting over lunch and enjoy eating a burrito for free. Like I was a 23-year-old, you know, young single guy, and I would get a free meal eating a burrito with two of the greatest men that I'd ever known. And we would gather and we would eat nachos <laughs> and talk about God and church and how we can make a difference in the world. And for me, as a young man, this was heaven. I mean, this was, <laughs> I could do that, you know, let's do it again. Uh, and so I just love that, remember that. I remember when I was here, I was involved with what I can still consider to be the coolest small group that I'd ever been a part of. We would get together every Thursday night and watch new episodes of Friends and Seinfeld. Uh, every Thursday night, we would gather and watch it, and then we would do our Bible study after that. It was amazing. And in this group, uh, we had a Navy pilot, and we had an Army helicopter pilot, and we had a, a guy who was in the FBI who could never tell us what he did. And you gotta love Washington, D.C. I mean, I've never had a gathering of people like that. There's something special about this part of the country, and this was just the coolest group ever. I also remember when I was here, I got to go on my first mission trip. I had never been on a mission trip before, and, and with Fairfax, we went to the Dominican Republic, and Rod was with us on that, on that trip, and he tried to fix me up with a girl in the Dominican Republic. <laughs> which didn't work out so well, which is good because that would have been a very long-distance relationship. Uh, but I have so many memories, and, and one of the reasons that I know my year with you was a hugely significant year for me is that it is jam-packed full of memories. And not every year of my life is, has full of that many memories. I mentioned three, but there were many more. And so I'm very thankful for that year and for this church and once again, excited to be here today. I'd like to start by uh, offering a word of prayer. If you would, please bow your heads with me. Father, I am thankful for Fairfax Church. I'm thankful for decades, decades of ministry. Only you know all of the men and women who have grown up here in this church, who have been developed in this church, who've been sent out in literally different parts of the world to make a difference for you. God, I, I pray for 2023 here for Fairfax Church that it would be a tremendous year here. God, I pray for the leadership. 
And I pray for our time here today, God, that you would bless this hour. We set aside this hour to be with you. We have a lot of things going on all week, but this hour, this is absolutely yours. This is our time to think about, connect with, and reflect on who you are, God. So we are thankful that you are here. We give you our attention and our affection for these next few moments. We pray in the name of Jesus, amen. We humans, that's something we have in common, we love to make memories with one another. We love it. We work really hard to make memories with one another. We will spend time and money to create opportunities so that certain days out of the year stand out from among all the other days. There are a lot of different days in the year, a lot of things going on. You've got a lot of responsibilities, a lot of work, et cetera. But we want certain moments, certain days to stand out from the rest. So we're willing to, to save money so that we can then use that money to go on a vacation, to go on a great vacation somewhere and, and see things and, 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 uh, and enjoy it and make a memory with those that we love and those that we care about. We are willing to spend a whole day or even multiple days sometimes cooking a multi-course meal because we want that evening to be different than a regular night where we just order in pizza. We want that to be special. We wanna make a memory because we care about those people, etc. We want to plan parties so that we can gather with other people and make memories with one another. And it's a whole lot of work and it takes time and money to do that. We just came out of Christmas. Many of us here in this room, you did some planning so that you could provide an extravagant gift for someone that you love, someone that you care about, something that you made, something that you poured your heart into, something that you saved up for, so that you could communicate to that important person the value that they are for you. We wanna make memories with one another. We human beings, we love making memories. And we love to capture those memories. And so we capture them on our phones. You know, over the last 10 years, the technology on phones has just skyrocketed. So now we can get HD video of anything. Anything that happens in life, we can capture it now. But even prior to that, we would always uh, wanna capture it with a camera or write it in a journal so that we can capture that moment, that memory, and we say, this is how I felt, and this is what happened, and this is what he did or she said, etc." We wanna capture that. We value making those memories and capturing them. I used to be a video editor for some time as part of a church, and so I learned that whole system many years ago before, you know, it was so easy now, but back then, it was a pretty difficult thing to do video editing, and so when we had our firstborn child, and my wife and I had our first child in 2001, I started making an annual Fuller family video for, for our family. And so what I, what I did is at the end of the year, I would compile all the videos from that year and, and break it down into one video. So I have a Fuller family video from 2001 and 2002 and then every year since then. And, and the whole idea is that I would, I would have to break it down to an hour. So instead of having 30 hours of video in a year that we would never watch, I wanna have one hour that we actually would watch. And those Fuller family videos are a prized possession in our family. If there was a fire, that would be the one thing I would grab, even though it's up in the cloud and I got it protected, you know, whatever. That's the one thing that I would wanna capture, that I would wanna, that is absolutely irreplaceable. We gather as a family and 
we watch those together and they, they pour into us these wonderful memories of when our kids were young, etc. We love to make memories. Songwriters have known this for years, so they want to you know, connect with us and have us buy their songs uh, uh, because this is a value for us to make memories. Go all the way back. Hey, I heard today is Elvis's birthday. Did you know that today is Elvis's birthday? Well, back in the 60s, he sang a song, you know, about this. He's memories rest between the pages of my mind. He would sing that song and, and then, and, and you're very kind, you're very kind. And then women would swoon. They would just swoon. And as he would sing that and, you know, other songs and all that, but he would sing these songs, just, it stirs up all this stuff. And that would roll into the 70s. Do you remember the 21st day of September? Okay, Earth, Wind, and Fire, they would, they would sing that? Nobody? Okay, so, so even in the 70s, they knew it was groovy to identify a day, a specific moment, September 21st. That was a specific moment that I want to connect with you on some specific way because we love making memories and remembering them, et cetera. If we flow into the 80s, that was more my era. It got a little bit harder then. It said, remember yesterday, walking hand in hand, love letters in the sand. I remember you. Nobody? Nobody's with me? I didn't hear a lot of people singing with me, but okay. Rock out. I'm with you. I'm with you, brother. But then it rolled into the 90s. Things calmed out a little bit. Sarah McLaughlin. I will remember Tear up with that. And then, and then also in the 90s, we had the king of pop, the one and only Michael Jackson. You remember the time when we fell in love? Do you remember the time? Oh. Thank you. I say ow, but I really mean ow. I'm glad it's the, it's the last service I got to do, you know, uh, not for the dancing, but... The point is, we as humans, we love to make memories. We will buy these songs. We will continue to buy this stuff. We want to, to make these memories. Why? Why is it so important, so valuable, so precious for us to make memories with one another? I think it's our memories that connect us with one another. There's so many days that are just regular days. But when we get in the midst of those regular days to think back to memories, it does something in our hearts and in our minds. Even right now, if you're thinking about someone you care about or you're thinking about old 80s hard rock songs or whatever you might be thinking about, and, and you're thinking back to a moment, the memory stirs something in us. Memories connect us with one another. Memories connect us with one another. I will forever be connected to Fairfax Community Church because of Carlos O'Kelly's and Thursday night TV, watching Friends and Seinfeld, and going to the Dominican Republic. I will forever be connected. And now those are just three stories, but there are multiple other memories that I have from my time here. If, if, if you and I make a memory together, we will be connected for the rest of our lives. That's why we cherish old friends. Old friends are priceless treasures. 
because we have, we have all these memories together. And you can get together with an old friend and go for coffee or whatever, and you can make new memories together. You can go do a new trip, absolutely. But you can also just, you can also just sit back and enjoy thinking about old memories and embellish the, how great things were back then. You know, they say, the older I get, the better I was. So you get together with an old friend and both of you can just pump each other up and say, oh yeah, it was awesome. We won state champions that year. No, you won one game. But whatever the thing was, the, 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 these memories that we stir them up. Memories connect us with one another. And in order to stay healthy and growing in a relationship, we need to continue to make new memories. To, to, to be healthy in a relationship, we need to continue to make new memories with somebody. It would not be wise for you to say to your spouse, I think we have enough memories together. I think we're good. We've been on a number of trips, and so we have lots of videos from different things that we've done from a variety of places around the world. We even have on our shelf a row of photo books that we have created from all of the things that we have done. And around those books, we have trinkets from different places around the world that we have been. We have lots of memories. You are filled in my journal in many different places, and so I think we could just ride it out now until one of us dies. Good plan? Not a good plan. In order to keep a relationship alive, in order to keep a relationship healthy, we need to continue to make new memories with the people we love, with the people we care about. So we plan new trips and new opportunities and make new meals with those same people in order to build new memories and add them on to the old ones. Now, let me just put a pin in that for a second. I wanna set that aside. I wanna come back to it in a minute. But I wanna go to the grand story of Scripture. And in the Bible, all of us are familiar with some stories in here. Some of you are familiar with many of the stories in here. But sometimes when we focus on a story, we miss out on larger story arcs, larger themes that are found within Scripture. There are numerous grand themes that we can find in Scripture. And one of those grand themes is the idea of remembering who God is really about making memory about the story. Remember who God is and what God has done. The word remember is used over 250 times in the Bible. Remember, remember, remember. Early on in the story, the we have Noah and the ark, and at the end of that story, God says to Noah, I will put a rainbow in the sky in order to remember my covenant with you. And so the whole idea there is for us, thousands of years later, that whenever we see a rainbow, we can be reminded, yeah, God is faithful. God will never wipe out humanity again. God has a different plan, and, and God will be faithful to us. That is the new covenant that we have. It's so fascinating in this story. It's not just that we are to remember, but in the story, it says that God put the rainbow so that he would remember. It's even in God's desire that he would remember as part of his kingship over us. Remember who God is and what God has done. In the grand story of Moses, who was used by God to free the Israelites from slavery in Egypt, God used Moses to perform multiple miracles and we had the 10 plagues and, and finally the, the Pharaoh in Egypt 
released the Israelites. And so Moses went to the Red Sea and the Red Sea opened up and the people passed through the Red Sea. And then after the people passed, the, the, the Egyptians were in there and the water came crashing down on them. Huge story in, in Israel's history. Huge story, the Exodus story. And at the end of that story, God said, I want you to remember this whole deal. I want you to do a, an annual festival that we typically refer to as Passover. And it's, it's the Passover experience that is in memory of that grand story with Moses. And they have a Passover meal where every element on the plate has significant meaning connected with that story. We eat this because it connects with that part of the story. We eat this because it connects with that part of the story. The whole idea is remember who God is and what God has done. Remember. The leader of the Israelites after Moses was Joshua. And Joshua was the, was the one who finished the journey into the promised land. He led the people across the Jordan River into the promised land. And after he finally did that, he turned to a group of people and said, okay, I want one man from each tribe to go back and grab a rock, grab a large rock, and then bring it on this side of the Jordan River, and we're going to build a memorial. And then Joshua says, so that when your kids ask you about this memorial, you can tell them what God did in getting us into the promised land. And when your kids' kids ask them that we can pass this on so that we would remember who God is and what God has done. Because we forget. We forget. We, that's just, this is a recurring theme in this story that God does something amazing, his people forget, and then they're told or reminded, remember who God is, remember what God did. Remember who God is. This theme rolls into the New Testament. The New Testament is the last third of the Bible. And it's where Jesus enters into the story, into the picture. And Jesus has a, one of his best friends is a guy named Peter. And Peter ends up writing some letters that are actually part of the Bible, part of Scripture. Peter writes a letter. And what he, what he says in 2 Peter chapter 1, at the beginning of that chapter, for the first few verses, he's reminding people of God's goodness. God is good. God is good. Whatever's going on in your life, whatever you might be thinking or concerned about, God is good. Those are the first 11 verses. And then in verse 12, Peter says, so, this is after 11 verses of God is good, God is good. So, I will always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are firmly established in the truth you now have. It's not enough to just know something about God. We need to be reminded of it over and over and over again because we are just like the people throughout the Bible story who experience something and forget and need to be reminded. We need to be reminded. That's why it's okay to hear a sermon about a story in the Bible multiple times. It's okay. How, how, for those of you who've been a part of Fairfax Church for some time, how many of you have heard Rod deliver a sermon about the same story more than once? More than once. Okay, good, good. Now, don't raise your hand on this one, but, but how many of you on that second or third or twelfth time come into church, see what the story is, and go, oh yeah, I've already heard that one. You, you, you can hear a story about the prodigal son again, even though you know it. You know what happens in that story, 
But you can hear that story again because we need to be reminded because we forget. Peter continues. He says, I think it is right to refresh your memory as long as I live in the tent of this body because I know that I will soon put it aside as our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me. Peter knew that he was gonna give his life for this cause. Not long after, after this. Jesus did not live very long, but what, Peter did not live very long after Jesus um, died and ascended into heaven. And he was actually crucified on the cross as well, but he didn't wanna be crucified like Jesus because he says, I am not Jesus. So he was crucified upside down on a cross. He knew he was gonna end up giving his life. But he says, he says, as long as I have breath in me, I will continue to remind you. He says, I will make every effort to see that after my departure, you will always be able to remember these things. He says, even after I'm gone, I want you to remember these things. Peter was the first leader of the church. In the Catholic tradition, Peter is known as the first pope. And he understood his role to be a reminder. He clearly says it right here. My job is to help you remember who God is and what God has done. Really, that should be the primary role of any spiritual leader. That any of us who, you know, you know Rod and Jess and, and, uh, and Josh and Kathleen and, you know, those of you, those who are part of your church here, we shouldn't be called, myself, we shouldn't be called pastors, perhaps. We should be called reminders. That maybe you should call the church and say, you know what, uh, I'd like to have a meeting with a reminder, please. Because most of what we need is stuff we already know. So often as we are wrestling with, how do I handle this situation? How, do, how am I supposed to respond to this person? How am I supposed to handle this situation in my marriage? What should I do at work? How should I handle this thing or that thing? So often we already know the answer. So often we don't need new information. We need to be reminded of information that we already have. And Peter understood his role as a reminder. And it's so often our role with one another in groups, et cetera, is to remind one another who God is and what God has done. It's not enough to just know it. We need to be reminded of it. So if we connect with one another by making memories together, and that's why we put extra effort towards making these special moments, et cetera, if we connect with one another by making memories together and there is a consistent theme throughout the Bible story that God, wants to, that God wants us to make a memory with him, that he wants us to remember, to be reminded of who he is and what he has done. And we have the opportunity to have an actual relationship with God. Do you have any memories in your relationship with God? Have you made a memory with God? I love your mission statement as a church. Go onto your website, and the first thing that you see is something that you guys have had for a number of years. I love this. I have known this for uh, many years. Gather the people, tell the stories, and change the world. I mean, this is, this is a great summary of who you are and why you exist, why you gather together. But when you look at that middle phrase, tell the stories, what do you think of? What are the stories? 
Because it's not just the stories in the Bible. We don't just gather together and say, okay, what story in the Bible are we gonna talk about? Yes, that's awesome, and this is where the, the source of our, of, our, of our truth comes from, and this is the place where we will continue to tell stories. But it's not just the stories in here, and it's not just Rod's stories. I know Rod has lots of great stories, but it's not just about gathering together and learning those stories. What's your story? When it says tell the stories, it's about your story. What is your story? Have you had a memory with God? Maybe it was the time when you first remember thinking, truly believing that God is real, that God is not just some kind of concept that spiritual people talk about, but that God is real. Do you have a memory with God? Maybe it was a time when you had a supernatural experience that you have still not been able to explain. You have tried, you have run it by some other people. It just can't explain how that healing happened, how that certain situation happened. So that's part of your memory with God to say, I know God was part of that. Maybe it was during worship. And there was, it was during a song that you were singing to God or about God, and you felt something. There was something that happened inside of you and said, whoa, never felt that before. Do you remember having that moment? For most of us, it doesn't happen every Sunday, but there's some moments, some memories, some connect points in life that stand above all the other ones. Maybe it was a time where you experienced a power and strength that you know was not your own. Have you ever had a time like that? In my life, I refer to those as, as anchor moments, anchor points in my life, so that as I'm walking along the journey of life, if I start to doubt, if I start to question who God is or what God has done, if I am climbing the mountain of life and I slip, I don't wanna go all the way to the bottom. If I slip, I wanna go back to an anchor point and say, I know God was real. I know God is real because I have a memory with him and no one can take that away, ever. If you don't have a memory with God, maybe you're new to faith and you say, I'm a new believer, this is my fourth time at church. Just came on Christmas and this is all new. Maybe you don't have a memory yet. Do you want one? Or if you've got a shelf full of memories, stories that you're aware of and from scripture, stories uh, from your life that you remember, do you want any more? Are you open to gathering more? Do you want more stories? In the same way that it's ridiculous to say to a spouse, you know what, we don't need to make memories anymore. Let's just ride it out until we die. It's also ridiculous for us to say that to our Father in heaven. To say, you know what, I've got enough memories with you, God. I had that anchor moment in life when I was 13 and I was at that youth retreat. I know you're real, I'm good. I'm gonna ride this out and then I'll see you in heaven. To keep relationships healthy, we need to keep making new memories. To keep our relationship with God healthy, we need to keep making new memories with him and, and enjoy the old memories, absolutely. But what new memories are you making with him? And that process of making new memories, 
That's what faith is all about. Faith is the willingness and the courage to make a new memory with God, to try something new with God. In the New Testament, there is a book called the book of Hebrews. And in Hebrews chapter 11, it's known as the faith chapter. And in that chapter, the writer walks through a number of stories from the Old Testament, a number of people from earlier on in the story. And, and, and the language around Hebrews chapter 11 is he says, says, by faith, Abraham did this. By faith, Isaac did this, and Jacob did this, and Joseph did this, and Moses did this, and Joshua did this. And it's this consistent language. By faith, so-and-so did this thing. I think there's a difference between faith and belief. Belief looks backwards, whereas faith looks forward. Belief says, okay, based on all the information that I have, that I've read these books or I've had these conversations with people that I trust, and I have had these experiences with God and I've felt this thing, my belief says, this is who God is. And so my belief says, this is what I choose to hang on to, this is who God is. Faith says, this is what's going to happen now as a result of these. My beliefs are there. And faith says, okay, now what? Belief enjoys memories with God. Faith makes new ones. So Hebrews chapter 11 is the faith chapter. And in verse six of that chapter, the writer says, without faith, Again, this is a, a, a list of stories of people who, who did things and, and trusted God uh, moving forward. Without faith, it is impossible to please God, the writer says. It's not impossible to do great things for God. But we, we, we don't need faith to do that. People all around the world, all the time, are doing great things and, and out of their own strength and disconnected with God. We can do great things without God. That's not a problem but we cannot please God unless faith is involved. We cannot connect God and have a memory with him unless faith is part of that journey. He continues, because anyone who comes to him must believe he exists. Okay, belief, that's the, the past part. Belief says God exists. I know who God is and what God has done. That's the belief part. And in the second half of that phrase, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. The belief part is God exists. The faith part is to continue to seek God. To say, okay, now what flows from that is I will continue to pursue God, continue to make new memories with God. And the phrase that the writer says there is seeking God. It's not just enough to have God, to check a box and say, yep, I got the religion piece. Our journey is to continue to seek God, seek God, seek God. And the reward, as it says here in that verse, is that we then get a memory with him. Our relationship is built stronger because we have a memory with God. Faith is about putting ourselves in a position to say, yes, I will. Faith is about walking through life, waking up in the morning and saying, yes, I will.
I will step out of my comfort zone. I will try something new. I will be willing to let go of a vice. I, I wake up this day and I'm willing to let go of an addiction, of something that has a hold of me, something that is a distraction in my life. I'm, faith says I'm gonna let go of this because I wanna please God. I wanna connect with God. I wanna have, I wanna make new great memories with God. Faith wakes up in the morning and says, yes, I will. Without faith, on this journey of life, we cower in the corner, clinging to our precious, precious. We cling to it and we miss out on new experiences that God may have for us. God is still the same. You may still have the same memories with God, the same history with God, and the stories don't change. God is still the same, but we are locked in and not experiencing this new stuff. We're missing out on the yes, I will part of our journey with him. So, as you tackle 2023, are you interested in making new memories with God? Are you interested in having a new experience with God in 2023 than perhaps you've never had before? Are you interested in having a faith that says, I trust God and I want to experience something new? I trust that God wants to do something extravagant in my life. Wants to, wants to bring some kind of healing in my life. Maybe it's emotional, maybe it's physical. Maybe it's the healing of a relationship that you at this point think is impossible to mend. Are you willing to enter into 2023 and say, maybe, maybe this will be a year where God is gonna provide and give and provide for you because you are stepping out in faith, something that, you, that has eluded you in 2022. Maybe joy has eluded you in 2022, and you want it in 2023. Are you interested in stepping forward and experiencing that? I see some of you nodding your heads, and if you do, it's going to take effort on your part. It just is. It's gonna take intentional effort on your part. I got a Christmas letter from a friend of mine. He's an old friend. I've known him for years, and every year he sends out a uh, overly long update on you know him, him and his family every year. And as I was reading it this year, great guy. As I was reading it this year, I, I sat down and I, and I just I was reading it and I thought I'm jealous. I was reading this guy's story and I just thought, ah, oh, what a great year he had. I wanna I wanna go to Tahiti with my wife. I was reading it and go. Oh. He went to Nicaragua on a mission trip. I want to go to Nicaragua on a mission trip. He, he, his, his kids, his grandkids stay with him and they play in the basement on a regular basis. And I thought, I want to play with my grandkids in the basement on a regular basis. The only issue, I mean, with that last one is I don't have a basement. So that, that gets in the way. I also don't have grandkids. So that definitely gets in the way of that, that third one. No, I'm not, I'm not there yet. But you get the idea that I can't celebrate a 2022 like he did if I didn't do the things that he did. Because here, here's the deal. Here, here's the deal. And um, so here, here's the point of the message. And, and I probably, you know, should have said this at the beginning. It would have saved us a lot of time. But just like a, like a preacher, right, it's, it's a 30-minute setup, and then it's a two-minute point, right? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 
We can't have memories with God unless we make them. We want to have memories with God. We want the benefit and the rewards of having those, but we can't have those memories unless we intentionally do the work and the effort of making those memories. Most of us want to have those memories with God, but we can't have them unless we make them. And it's hard. Just like making memories with one another takes time, takes money, you gotta plan for it, et cetera. Sometimes that can ha- that, that's a requirement with God too. It's gonna take an, an investment in order to have that memory, to have that experience. Because we all know it's way easier to, to, just, to just follow the excuse of not doing it. It's just way easier just to say, you know what? I think tonight I just wanna watch Netflix. Click, click. Because it's just really simple entertainment. We all get that. And so then you're sitting, you're watching Netflix and you, and you, and you find out, oh, that your buddy is stuck in Tahiti with his wife on their way back because the flight was delayed. You think, ha, suckers. <laughs> we can't have a memory if we don't make one. So here in 2023, are you interested or willing to take the effort of making a memory with God? I know that this church is going to provide multiple opportunities for you to do that. That's, I know that about this church. And so here in 2023, if there's an opportunity for you to go to the Dominican Republic or Lebanon or whatever, are you open this year to say, maybe, because I wanna make a memory with God. Maybe it's a women's retreat that happens later in the year or a men's retreat There's an opportunity or a small group. I know there are plenty of small groups that have already been you know, announced to you and opportunities for you to jump in in ways that perhaps you haven't yet or to jump in on a serving role, a serving opportunity. Are you interested and willing to make a new memory with God? Because you can't have that memory unless you make it, unless you make one. As I said, one of the themes in Scripture is the idea of making a memory, of remembering who God is and what God has done. Jesus, who of course is, you know, authored it, the story, he continues this theme. He celebrated Passover. Passover is the meal to celebrate the story of Moses and the release from slavery in Egypt. He celebrated that meal every year. And then the last time he celebrated that meal was on the night before he died on the cross. And when he celebrated with his 12 disciples they gathered, he did something extraordinary. He did something that was earth-shattering, certainly Jewish-shattering. What he did is he took this Passover meal that had been celebrated for over 1,400 years, and he said, I'm gonna redefine what the elements are on the plate, on the table. Nobody told him he wasn't allowed to do that. And he took the bread and he said, this this bread, it now represents my body, which will be broken for you. And he took the cup and he said, this represents my blood, which will be poured out for you. And then some of you might remember what he says right after that. He says, do this in remembrance of me. He carried this theme through. 
The reason we're doing all this, the reason we're doing this communion thing is I want you to do this and remember because we forget. We're so prone to forget. We're gonna take communion here together. The band's gonna uh, lead us in a song and during that song, the elements are gonna be passed around. As I understand it, there are a number of changes here at Fairfax Church here in 2023, beautiful changes. And one of those is that um, you've been taking, you've been using the hermetically sealed cups for quite some time, you know. And so we're gonna actually pass around uh, actual cups and actual wafers. You know, it's called communion because we're supposed to do it in community together. We're supposed to pass this and share this together. I believe that when Jesus redefined communion, he, I, I wanna be real careful putting words into Jesus' mouth, but I believe essentially what he was saying is that I wanna make a memory with you here today. I wanna make a memory with you here today. So as the elements are being passed around, let's make a memory with him. Let's remember who God is and what God has done. If you are a follower of Jesus, we invite you to participate in communion today. I ask you to hold the elements until uh, the end of the song, and then we will take it together. Would you stand? Let us stand together as we sing.